Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. If you want local knowledge, you have come to the right place. Well, we are here once again without my co-host, Megan Eanes, but in her place, I'm excited to introduce you to Madison Kilmer. Madison, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yes. Awesome. And so you get the honor of being a, um, a co-host for the day and you get a chance to chat with me. I'm excited about this. You are one of our newer icon real estate realtors. Yes. Yes, I am. And, um, because of that, I want to grill you here. So we are going to put you on the spot. Tell us like just a little bit about yourself because all the listeners are like, well, who is this Madison person and why is she on the show? Yes, so I got licensed earlier this year in January. I went active in February and joined ICON about Mm -hmm. mid-March. Born and raised in Winchester. I saw my dad own rentals as I was growing up. He started a business in downtown Winchester and I've been born and raised here. I love the area. I think there's so much opportunity and I'm super excited to be in real estate and I've loved it so far. Yeah, and you mentioned rentals, so we're gonna put a pause on that because we're gonna talk about rentals here in a little bit. And um, you are one of our newer agents, but also resident experts at Icon about rentals, so we were gonna pick your brain. But where did you go to school? What did you do before you became a realtor? So I went to Orchard View, then Jameswood Middle, and graduated at Sharando in 17. Mm. Um, I went to Lord Fairfax for a little bit. I got my associates in business admin and worked at a front desk at a local physical therapy location. Um, I did media and uh, patient communications, and that's when I found out that I really loved working for myself building a social media platform and just seeing all the opportunities that come with social media. Cool. So what draws you to real estate then? Because like, that's always the top question that anybody's gonna ask you be like, why are you a realtor? Yes. (laughs) You know? Yes. (laughs) I was fortunate enough to watch my brother who grew a career in real estate and I saw how amazing that was for him. Uh And then when I was at my last job, I just really realized that I was working super hard. I was growing a platform and I wasn't getting a lot of return in it. Um, and that started to make me a little bit resentful and I, I really wanted to work for myself and, and push my limits. Uh-huh. Um, and real estate has definitely shown that it is the career path. Yeah. For that. Yeah. So you mentioned your brother, his name yes. is Matt and, uh, he is at icon also. He's been on our show before, so you can go back and try to research one of those episodes. He is a social media genius. So yes. you mentioned that and you're probably following in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. If you haven't noticed around town, a dinosaur. Um, that is, <laughs> that, would be me. that is the one, um, speaking of dinosaurs, uh, the dino made an appearance this past weekend, um, on Monday, mm-hmm. Memorial day was the Loudon street mile. We both were there. So yes. I, I mean, I saw a dino run an entire mile mm-hmm. from the top of Loudon street down to the bottom and your brother ran next to him. Yes. Um, you ran too, right? I did. I was not in the dino suit that day. I did put away the suit and I represented myself. So you've been in the suit before. Oh, yes. the dance moves are always me. He said he's never found a better dancer. So if you see the dino <laughs> dancing, it is 100% me. I think the dino was dancing in front of Sharando at one point in time yes, fairly that recently. Was me. Yes, very humbling. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got to be impressive to run a mile as a dino. And, I can't and you imagine. didn't do that. Yeah. No. 
but the race was incredible. Icon sponsored it. Um, and yeah, you can, how about instead of me sharing the stats, how about you share the stats of the breakdown of the runners that ran, you know, I, I need to hear it from you. Okay. So, um, I definitely came in last place for the icon team. Um, I was in the last wave. Matthew did okay, but our winner was tried and true. Mark Francis, yes. our broker. Yes. I'll give champion. myself a hand around of applause <laughs> on that one. So there was the poll. I don't know if anybody saw on social media, it was me versus Dave. Uh, the underdog yes. came forward and uh, and took the race. And I was not expecting it. I was not expecting it either. Um, but yeah, because the last year when I was running down the hill, uh, Dave flew by me and I could not keep up. So this year, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to continue to keep flying down that hill so he can't pass me. I just basically took off and never saw him. <laughs> and so that's my humble brag that, yeah, I did not get passed this year. Um but the times are impressive. I'm excited to so just go back and look at the times. You can see they they're posting on social media. It was it was fun. Um, we were able to hand out the awards, and it's just a fun time all around. Partnering with Runners Retreat, Mark Stickley. So good, big shout out to him. And uh, you know, he's been on Iconic Talk as well in the past. So if you want to learn about him and his store, Runners Retreat, go back to one of those episodes. But just here we are. Um, now it's June. And it's funny because the, the spring market is still a little kind of not stagnant, but slow. And we're waiting for the bubble to burst, which we talked about a few weeks ago with our spring market update. But right now, let's talk about rentals. Because in the spring market, um, there are still plenty of people who are actively shopping for rentals. And there's still a few, you know, it's a limited inventory, just like for the home purchase standpoint. So Madison, you've been out there in the, in the real world, showing houses and places to people. Um, let's just talk about the state of the union in the rental market here in the Winchester area. What have you seen? So it's definitely competitive. Um, if I could use one word to describe the rental market, it would definitely be that. I've worked a lot with SU students um, and just all around different people in different circumstances that buying is just not really practical right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about how there's no template. You, you go to school and you learn about how it's set in stone. This is how you do buying and selling. Rentals are all over the place. Um, it's super exciting. I have not had one transaction that is the same. Um, but I think it's a really good rental market. I think this area has so much opportunity. Um, so many people are moving here to work, relocate. Uh, a lot of SU students say, had no clue what Winchester had to offer, and then now I want to move here. Yeah. Uh, the downtown area is growing so fast, so much. I mean, the walking mall is a beautiful place to be. Everyone wants to be right on the walking mall, right in downtown Winchester. And there's not a lot. Um, there's, There's not. not. There is one apartment that I know of that we are attempting to to rent um, in our building right next door to where we're, re we're recording right now. So if you want to be a part of um, the downtown vibe, uh, track either one of us down because yes. there's an apartment for rent. But it, when it comes to just what is the market like, you're saying it is very competitive. Mm -hmm. It's also um, very expensive. Yes. <laughs> and I, I know that because... Historically, you would want, you know, a single person who can spend money, maybe be like the eight, nine hundred dollar, maybe a thousand dollar a month kind of range yeah. that has jumped dramatically. 
where you're really not going to get a, a reasonable place for anything less than 1200 1300 So from what you've seen in like that, I'll even call it the lower end range, the 1200 to $1,500 range, like what, what can you expect? What's the condition of places uh, compared to the location? Just ballpark, just paint a picture for us of what these places look like that you're showing. Yeah, so when you get into the, the heart of downtown Winchester and the outskirts, um, the most popular places to live for 1400 it's it's slim. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, the prices, I mean, the lowest I think that I've found is 1200 and that's usually one bedroom, eight to 900 square feet, mm-hmm. um, not in good condition, not mm-hmm. upkept well. Mm-hmm. If you really want to get into that larger, nicer, and, and newer uh, you're looking probably upwards of 1800 all the way in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, it definitely decreases a lot when you start to get on the outskirts. About 15 mile radius, I would say, is when you can really drop the expectation and get a more reasonable rental in the 1400 range. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, there's not much under 1200. Yeah. And when it comes to the the higher end, you know, above 2000. Yeah, then you're getting into standard three-bedroom, four-bedroom, you know, kind of place, colonial house. Even townhouses are going to be in those 2000s. There's some mm-hmm. nice townhouses in Snowden Bridge or in the east side of town um, that you can get. And it's just, there's there's slim. And so the market itself right now, if I was going to summarize it, yes, it's competitive, but it's also, um, it has increased and it continued to increase. If you're thinking about like the history of the rental markets over the last 15 years, everyone remembers, uh, if you're at least my age or so, the crash in 2007 or 8, 9, and 10, where um, all those foreclosures were hitting the market. The rental market increased when the sales market decreased um, because there were so many people that were um, either being evicted out of their houses, the banks took over, short sales happened, and so there was a greater pool of people who needed to rent who couldn't really afford a place anymore that started the rental um increase market uh, of how that grew and it's just it hasn't slowed down and i think historically over the last couple of years at least i would tell my people that um you're, you're kind of crazy not to go buy a place because the rental market is so expensive apples for apples if you were to take a typical three-bedroom two-bath townhouse um and it might be renting for 1800 Historically, you would say, even if you got a USDA loan, which is 0% down, um, and you don't put much down of anything, you would be your mortgage payment would be less than that. And so the apples to apples historical comparison was, you're, yeah, you're way smarter to just try to go get your credit score in a spot where you can buy instead of rent. However, now that the interest rates have gone up, that has changed things dramatically. So therefore, there is even more of a demand for tenants to go shop for rentals because I think people right now are saying, well, especially in that first time home buyer kind of category, um, they're realizing they're getting priced out. There, there aren't many things under $200,000, $250,000. And that mortgage payment is, getting, is growing because of the interest rates. The rental market is not increasing at the same rate as the interest rates for purchasing. Does that make sense? You kind of following that train of thought? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did have that mindset for a while getting in. I said, you know, 
don't rent, buy. Right. Don't, and and yep. so many people come to you and it's just, it's not realistic right now for them. Yeah. Um, it's the more affordable option. If you go over the pros and cons, um, you can get in right away. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's less responsibility. Mm-hmm. You don't have the liability of the maintenance. If mm-hmm. something goes wrong, property tax. I mean, there's a lot of expenses that first time home buyers don't consider. Mm-hmm. And sometimes renting really is, I think it's a short term, mm-hmm. um, it should not be a long-term goal, but I do think that it's doable. And for a lot of people's circumstances, it really is beneficial to think about renting. Yeah. I love all those benefits that you're sharing because those are all accurate and makes sense. And there's actually a, a type of person as well who's moving into town and just wants to get exposed and acclimated to the town, to the mm-hmm. location, to the amenities and where they might want to live. And they don't want to commit to yeah. buying a place because that, that's a fear of just, you know, that's more permanent. Yeah. Rental is not as permanent. So there's people in the higher end range of the 2,500 plus a month range that people are saying, okay, if I own a house and I'm going to maybe look into getting into an investment game as a landlord, um, if I'm going to go move, maybe I won't sell my house. Maybe I'll keep it as a rental because that rental market is so hot right now where you're getting top dollar yeah, and you're getting good qualified people because you can pick through. Um, these applications. So, you know, you're seeing that, right? I mean, that's part of the state of the union right now that is competitive. So there's more than one application typically going into a place at any given time. Yeah. I mean, applications are probably actually one of my main focuses when it talks to, or when I talk to tenants, mm-hmm. um, I always tell people my goal is never to, to get you to apply to as many as you can, because it is so tedious mm-hmm. and you pay money, you're, yeah. you know, they look in your credit, um, filling out a rental application is not fun. It's time consuming. <laughs> right. um, and I think yeah. a lot of people at first just want to throw out as many applications as they can. Mm-hmm. My goal is always to have no more than two filled out. Yeah. For one, you're spending money. I like to call the landlord and I'll actually, I say, vet them out. I'll call us. I'll say, this is my tenant's um, scenario. This is their circumstances. Maybe they have animals and it's a, a case by case. Mm-hmm. Um, I see if they have any applications already accepted. And then I'll kind of vet them out. If I already get a feel that they've accepted someone and they're just still reeling in the applications. I tell my tenants not to waste their time yeah. um, because it is so competitive and they do see so many applications. What's the typical application fee that you're seeing um, right now? I mean, rent Rentspree, I believe is about $38, but most are upwards of 60 to $80. I've seen 120 being the highest. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you don't want to just fork over that money and no. then it's not coming back to you. It's not refundable. And if you're putting in, you know, three or four applications on a place that could be a couple hundred dollars, three, four hundred dollars easy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a, 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 you know, when you're applying to colleges, there's application fees for that too. You got to mm-hmm. limit. Okay. Which, which ones are, am I really going to apply to and which ones are more likely to accept me? Yeah. So from a tenant perspective, that makes sense. Let's that, that kind of really helps capture the state of the union of where the rental market is. Let's put our, our landlord hat on and then our tenant hat on. So let's talk about a homeowner who is looking to rent their house. First of all, I'll say that yes, both of us are licensed agents and we're going to come at it from a perspective where an agent can help you with this entire process. Yes, you can attempt to rent a house on your own and more power to you. That's possible. Yes, you can attempt to look for an apartment or house or a townhouse on your own and that can work for you as well. And so there's benefits of having a realtor represent you on both sides. So we're going to speak at it if it's okay with our audience from that perspective, because that's what we know. So if you are looking to rent your house, let's just think through the steps that you need to take. First of all, if you're in a, uh, 
list it with an agent, it makes sense to figure out, okay, what's the price point? <laughs> so what is, what is the house worth? Um, that's where a realtor can come into play. And uh, just like a, a listing to sell your house, we're going to pull comps, right? Mm-hmm. And, and figure out what is the house worth. You don't want to push it to the extreme. You don't want to get overpriced where it sits on the market for too long because it is so hot of a market that somebody's going to scratch their head and say, why has it been on the market for a month? Um, so price it right. That's the first thing. Second of all, figure out what you really want out of a, an application. Um, you mentioned before, Madison, there's really no template. There's no real yeah. rhyme or reason to how this process can go down. You, the homeowner, can really help dictate what that looks like. Your realtor can help process and synthesize what makes sense of what you want. Um, if, you're, if you're a homeowner, really, what do you want out of an application? I think you want somebody to convince you that they'll pay on time and that they'll take good care of the place, right? I mean, as a homeowner, that's all you care about. Give me my money on time. I don't want to have to think about it. And then make sure you're not tearing my place up. So if you were a homeowner, what would you want in an application to convince you of that story? Uh, Tell us. So first, if I were a homeowner, and I always try to think from their perspective just to help with my tenants, um, I'm going to want someone that is Mm hassle-free, no headache, has Mm -hmm. not been evicted before, Mm -hmm. um, has steady income three to four times what the rent would be in a month for household income, Mm -hmm. um, clean record. I personally would not mind pets, but I would want vet records. I always have them provide vet records saying that their animals have been respectful, Mm -hmm. and then a if they have rented before, having a letter from their last landlord is mm. huge. Yep. I honestly, I think that I would accept a lot of um, different predicaments that people are in if I knew that they were a good tenant in the yeah. past. I just don't want it to be a headache. And I want them, like you said, to take good care of the property, have a steady income, um, and just respect my property. Yeah. And as an agent, we will help walk you through that process. But ultimately, this is your house. And it's your decision of who you choose. So it makes sense for you, the homeowner, to make those phone calls, to, to mm-hmm. call the previous um, uh, tenant's uh, landlord, to call the tenant's, the prospective tenant's uh, employer. Are they legitimate? Are they doing, are they making the money that they put on paper on their application? Because you can put anything in writing, right? Um, but verify. So as the homeowner, your job is to verify. Our job as the agent is to help make sure that you get all the reports and all the information that you want, a background check, a credit check, criminal history check. Um, and that's where we have the, uh, the means through different application portals to give you all that information. So it's helpful. Also, as a realtor, we have the means of giving you the paperwork that you need. So not just the listing of the house, but the, the lease any other pet addendums that you might want, any other specialty you know, language that you want drawn up, we can do that for you and best represent you and help filter those applicants to where you can choose the best one. So I think that's, that to me helps really summarize that it, the power is in your hands as the homeowner, as the landlord. Um, now, the tenants, though, it's almost like we can just reverse this same conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a tenant, what should you be doing? You should be putting yourself in the landlord's shoes. Right. Um, I think when it comes down to, you can get a feel very quickly. That's why I like to give them a phone call and I like to see what is most important to them. Are they looking for someone that has, some people want 
a perfect credit score. They want solid income four times. They're not going to budge on that. Mm -hmm. Others are like, hey, I would much rather have a respectful tenant, someone that I know I can rely on, um, has good standing with their current landlord or past landlords. It really comes down to what that homeowner is looking for. And mm -hmm. that's what that first phone call for me is mm -hmm. to figure out what are they looking for and do my tenants meet those requirements. Yeah. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want them filling out applications that aren't going anywhere, paying money. Um, so after we go see properties, I give them a long list and I say, these are the comments that you made on each property. Give me your top four. Let me call before you fill out any applications. Mm -hmm. And then usually I can vet out two of those. Mm -hmm. And usually the process does work that they never fill out more than two applications. That's so helpful because I think a lot of tenants go at it by themselves yes and they'll call the either the listing agent or the owner themselves and it's just helpful to have that representation it is we also are able to keep our emotions out of it which is i think a huge benefit of using an agent is a lot of people want to go with their sob story of i have 30 days to get out <laughs> right. but i'm a great person yeah and that's great and i always tell my clients come to me with that if mm -hmm. you're desperate you tell me, you don't tell the landlord, you don't yeah. tell them. Yeah. Um, we keep it very professional, emotions are out of it, it comes down to business. What are they looking for and can I convince them that my clients are gonna meet those? Right, and it's, yeah, so it's negotiating along with representation and negotiating is not, you know, portraying an image of something that's not there, yeah. but it's properly and adequately explaining how this person, the tenant, or tenants can pay on time and take good care of the place. Yeah. And so having somebody who is a little bit of an outsider, like an agent, um, explain those things can be more beneficial than you trying to sell yourself to the owner or the agent who is listing the property. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's helpful. Yeah, and I, I like that you brought up negotiating because I think a lot of people forget that there is negotiating in rentals. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd like to get your opinion on this. So for a couple past clients, um, usually the hardest ones are the ones with pets, big, yeah. big dogs usually. Yeah. Um, so what I've been doing, and it's seemed to be successful so far that um, not a lot of people think of is when they do case by case basis, if I call and they say they've got a couple applications on the line, my client's out. If mm -hmm. they have one without a pet and it's a case by case, mm -hmm. mine's going to be the last. Yeah. What I've actually liked to do um, that's been successful is I'll add an addendum and I'll say, hey, I call and ask before, before we do all of this. But I'll say, hey, if I put in that we do a higher refundable deposit, showing good faith that I know my client's animals will not destroy the property. Mm -hmm. And then we actually add another addendum saying that we will pay for a full um, house cleaning. It's usually about $1,500 for mm -hmm. my research. Mm -hmm. um, that shows some good faith that one, they don't have to take care of that when the tenant moves out. And that's a huge expense. Yeah. And two, they're, they're putting down good faith. It's I'll put down 500, 800, um, and it's refundable. They'll sure. get it back, but it shows that, Hey, I know my animals aren't going to, and it's been successful so far. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Really good tip. And on top of that, you're saying refundable. There are some owners that are asking for non-refundable pet deposits and putting the landlord hat on, that makes sense. Sure, give me more money, right? But from the tenant standpoint, there's the negotiating where I don't think you need to cave and commit to a non-refundable pet deposit. I think mm -hmm. with your tips of saying, let me prove to you that I will make sure that the house is in good shape or in better shape than it currently is when we move out, that should suffice. So mm -hmm. having it be refundable makes sense if you're also showing and proving that like you know, your pets aren't going to tear the place up. 
Yeah, and I would honestly even disagree with a landlord that would have that mindset. And I would say because you have a tenant come in, you never know how things are going to go. Obviously, we always try to make sure that it's a professional relationship. Um, but we hand over the reins after mm -hmm. we do the transaction. Mm -hmm. Let's say something happens, tenants upset, they don't really have anything holding them accountable that their animals are going to treat you well. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, this is why they always say about rental cars, you're never going to treat it as well as you would right. your own property. Yep. Right. Um, so I actually think that it gives them a motivation to treat your property better. It might be more money in your pocket, but think right. $300 at the end of a transaction or paying a couple thousand dollars to fix repairs. True. Yeah, that makes sense. That's smart. And and remember that as a tenant, so we're, we're talking about the mindset of a tenant right now, there is no true template of what to expect. Mm -hmm. So it does make sense to go ahead and line up as much of that information as possible before you put the application in. Have your credit score on file. Have a report ready to go. Um, if you have a letter from your previous um, uh, landlord or a letter from your employer on file, have that. Submit as much information up front as possible. Have maybe a, a quick little note pre-drawn up that makes sense to explain who you are and with a picture of yourself or something like that that explains, hey, here's who I am, here's how I'm gonna take care of the place. It's helpful to just, not not knowing what the owner really wants or expects, um, to have as much of that due diligence ready to go so when you're ready to pull the trigger and submit the application, it doesn't take you days at a time to submit it, yes. which is valuable time <laughs> when <laughs> others could be getting submitted and you're then waiting to gather all your stuff. Yes. So being prepared, I think, is is understanding, is knowing kind of what the mind of an owner wants but also be ready to pivot. Know that the, the owner or the agent might be requiring other things that you're not expecting and just roll with it because there's, there's no template. There's no rhyme or reason to what somebody's looking for. Yeah, and another, uh, another important part to add to that is I've noticed a trend that a lot of people will actually switch jobs right before they want to start filling out rental applications because they want to show that they're going to sign on with a higher a higher wage or they're going to get mm -hmm. more hours. Mm -hmm. It almost never works out because they want three to four pay stubs. If you're planning on renting or your lease is running out and you're planning to go somewhere else, stick at your job if you can, yeah. because I have seen a lot of people lose their applications or they met all the criteria, even if they had cash in the bank because they're in between and that offer letter does not mean much to a landlord. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can stay at your job, I would definitely, I would prove that you're reliable. You show up every day. You stayed for a couple years, couple months, whatever it is, because it's a big red flag um, to switch jobs in between, and that's one of the biggest mistakes I've seen. Yeah, no, that's smart. Good stuff. I mean, there's this is a lot of things to kind of navigate through, and like you said, more and more people are looking to rent these days. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I think there's more and more people who are willing to be landlords who are wanting yes. to keep an, an investment property. They might move out of a house, and they're thinking to themselves, "I've never been through this before, but you know, I think I can maybe uh, make a bit more make a bit of money because my interest rate is low, and I can rent it." Mm -hmm. So um, this conversation is. Um, very timely so i'm excited to be able to present all this to, and there's plenty more questions so submit questions to us um fire away let us know go to the show notes and pass on kind of go to social media let us know on iconic talk what things you want might want to know you can track down me you can track down madison look us up on social media or the internet 
interwebs, they have all those things, right? Yeah. yeah, you can find us. And one of the frequently asked questions that I get a lot that I think would be good to add to this is, what do you pay a realtor as the tenant being represented? Mm. The best benefit is you pay absolutely nothing. Yeah. If I'm representing you, I'm just there for all of the resources, the paperwork to make sure that you're protected through and through and the landlord pays 100% of the commission. Um, so it's really a win-win. Yep. And, and you're building a relationship with an agent because like you said, hopefully being a rental is a little short term for mm -hmm. a year or two and eventually it makes sense for you to buy because being a homeowner does make sense down the road. Um, there is value to it. There is equity that you can build and incremental wealth over the term of three, four, five, ten 10 years that you're not going to get if you're just renting. So mm -hmm. having that perspective, build a relationship with the realtor early on to where that person can help you purchase a house down the road with the same benefit with yeah. no, with no cost to them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love it. That's, that's so helpful. And, um, and that, let's, let's just kind of turn to our season right now of the first weekend of June, Winchester, Frederick County. We always like to talk about the local events happening here in town. So, um, Madison, I know we've got a couple of different things. I'll just share. First of all, there's a summer booming craft show. And I feel like there's always craft shows that go on around here, but this one's going to be cool. It's going to be out at Round Hill Rurton, um, on Saturday from nine to two. And there's going to be all kinds of local crafts, vendors, and all kinds of people that you can support. So, um, yeah, it's a cool way to start your summer. So that's the first thing. Yeah. Is there another, anything else happening that you see of that's so going on? So we've got couples therapy coming up on Saturday, June 3rd at 7 p.m. That's a comedy show hosted by... Ramin Mustafi? Thank I, you I don't for know. helping yeah. me out. <laughs> uh, that will be at Brightbox Theater. Um, that's downtown on the walking mall real close to us, right? Yeah. So it's funny. The bright box always has cool stuff yeah. and I feel like that we don't always promote it here in iconic talk, but this is a comedy show called couples therapy. I mean, who knows what he's going to talk about, but that gonna, sounds, it should be funny that right? sounds for funny. singles yes. or for, you know, people who might be getting engaged or for married couples that are ready to kill themselves. I don't know. Might like, start what, some fights. It sounds might start like some fights. Yeah. <laughs> but comedy is always fun. Right. Um, so that's on Saturday night. And then, on Sunday, there's always things going on at West Oaks Market. We talk about West Oaks all the time, but they just have really cool stuff going on. So there is a musician called Zach Townsend who's showing up, and he just has some original Americana songs that he's going to put on between 1 and 4 o'clock out there outdoors. It's a free show. Show up, get the, uh, the perks and benefits of uh, West Oaks Market. I know they have food there. They have drinks there. You name it. It's just a great place all around. I think it's going to be a great weekend. Oh yeah, for sure. And I actually worked there. That was one of my summer jobs really? right before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I spent a lot of time there and I'm a big advocate for West Oaks. There they've you been, go. They've been an amazing, amazing shows for the community. And the free show is huge because they just up their prices because they are so popular. Yeah. I feel so like take they advantage. have things going on every single week. Oh yeah. Um, you name it, stuff's going on, but having a free show can't beat it on good weather as well. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Iconic Talk. Madison, thank you for being here. I'm excited to have you be the co-host for the day. That was kind of cool. I know. This is fun. Yeah. We hope you learned something from today's episode. Look forward to sharing more with you next week. Remember, when you look for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. 
All right. Well, we appreciate you spending some of your valuable time with us, and we would love if you would take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can tell them that we can be found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or whenever you, wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. Thanks to our editor extraordinaire, Simeon Battaglia. And until next time, think iconic.